Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to another daily play. I know I haven't done these in a while. Um, Tuesdays have been pretty hectic for the last few weeks, but I'm here giving you as a coach a daily play for you guys. Today, we're going to be talking about 10 things to do when you've messed up, how to turn your mess into a mess. So if you're watching me live, feel free to join me. I would love to see where you guys are coming from, watching from. And I pray that this talk or this discussion will be beneficial to you, helping you guys really process how to turn your mess into a message and how to really um grow when you do make a mess. And let's let's get right into it. Before we do, I want to know where you guys are watching from. So if you're watching live, let me know what city, what state, what country you're watching from. Or if you're watching, first I want to say thank you to everyone who's been who's subscribed, who's been following me, who's been there with me through all of these uh, messages. Want to thank you guys so much for all of your support, your comments, your love. Also, want to say uh, thank you to those who may be watching a little bit later, um, uh, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or YouTube. Want to say thank you guys so much for watching through those uh, mediums. What's up, Adriana? Um, live message two times in a row. God bless. Good afternoon. I know my goal is to get you guys these messages daily as often as possible. So you guys can really have some tools and resources that will aid you as you follow God. So, um, but for those who are new to my channel, my name is Coach Josh. I want to welcome you guys out to the Unpluggers community here on YouTube and all of all of my streaming and uh, podcast platforms. I want to welcome you guys out. Feel free to subscribe, hit the bell. I would love for you to be a part of our community. Also, make sure you take a look into our community tab where I post statuses there that will kind of help you daily. But let's get right into it. I have a lot of points that I have to share with you guys right now. What's up, uh, Manning Love? What's up? Thank you for joining me. I'm doing well. Hope you doing exceptionally well as yourself. But as you can see in my notebook, I have two pages worth of notes. Now, see, that's just how me and God gets down. You know what I'm saying? What's up? My, my nephew's watching. What's up, Junior? You know, God always deposits these these um, these truths um, in my heart, and I have to give it to you systematically so that you're able to really process the points and really begin to push through current circumstances and eventually get to the place that God wants you to be. But let's get right into it. I have three scriptures. What's up? What's up, Cordell? What's up, Brittany? What's up, Shiro? Thank you guys for joining me. I have three verses that will be the foundations to today's talk and how uh, to turn your message to a message and uh, how um, to handle when you do mess up. The three scriptures that I love, that I love, that I love, that God really um, um, showed me in my devotion with him today was Lamentations 3, 22 to 23, Psalms 23, 6, and Romans 8, 20. I'm going to read these real quickly and I'm going to get right into my points because I have a lot that I want to give you guys and gals today. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says, <clears throat> the steadfast love of the Lord <clears throat> excuse me, never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. For many of you guys and gals, you know this song. It says, I wish I could sing. I really wish I could sing because this song is so powerful. It goes, the steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. His mercies, now I can't even sing, but his mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I couldn't help myself. Hey, hey, new every morning. Great is thy faith. See, that song is so powerful. Look it up on YouTube. But Psalms 23, 6 says, surely, David was saying, 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The last scripture that we're going to break down today is Romans 8, 20. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for their good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Let's get right into some points. <clears throat> we will break those scriptures down a little bit later. But I have a ton of points we're going to be talking about real quickly. Uh, what your message does, what's going to have an acronym for that. What, what does your message do for people and for yourself? Uh, I have also how to age your mess and what to do. Ten things to do when you've messed up. And I have a worksheet for you that's available on my website. I am unplugged.com forward slash worksheet. Coach been working for you guys today. But let's get right into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Problem. Many people don't know what to do when they mess up. Many people do not know what to do when they mess up in life. They either make excuses about their mess, they either make more mess, or they become messy individuals. Many people don't know what to do when they mess up. They either make excuses for their mess, they either make more mess, or they become messy individuals. The causes to this mess is that many of us, we receive the wrong messages. <clears throat> the reason why we make a lot of mess in life is because many of us are receiving the wrong messages about life. We are receiving the perverted point of view, the perverted perspectives about life, or we're receiving contradictory messages that go against God's word that aids us and helps us into overcoming the messes that we may make in life. See, the reason why many of us struggle is because we are allowing ourselves to be surrounded by bad messages. And also the reason why we are either messy individuals or make more mess or because, um, um, what's some other point or because, or make excuses for our mess is because we really do not know as believers or as individuals what to do with our mess. Now let's keep going. <clears throat> Let's give some definitions of some words. Oh, let me get to my other point. Satan wants you to never, Satan wants your mess to be fresh. Okay. Satan wants your mess to be fresh. He doesn't want you to age your mess because your message is, a, is your mess that has been aged. He wants you to never to be set free. He wants you to either become or remain messy. Satan doesn't want you to be delivered from your mess. He wants your mess to be fresh. He wants you to always find yourself in messy situations, not knowing how to maneuver through messy situations <clears throat> and to continue to be a messy individual. Now, let's bring some definitions to three words, mess, message, and messenger, okay? I'm so glad this message was right on time for you, Shiro. And thank you for watching from Miami. And thank you for watching from Florida. Mess, definition of mess. A mess is a dirty, untidy, or disordered condition. A mess is also a person who is dirty, untidy, or disordered. A mess is a dirty, untidy, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> give me one second. All right, <clears throat> that should help me out. A mess is a dirty, untidy, or disordered condition, or a mess is a person or a thing that's dirty, untidy, or disordered. Now, what happens is, is that many of us do not know just how much of a mess we are. 
We don't know just how much of a, a out of order we are, how untidy we are. Many of us, the reason why we don't know how messy we are or how much of a mess we have caused in life is because we compare our mess to somebody else's mess. And if our mess is not as bad as somebody else's mess, we make excuses or, or we don't really address our mess because of the comparisons that we make with other people's mess. But we have to realize just how flawed we are from our forefather, Adam. But because of the second Adam, who is Jesus, who has given us his righteousness. So when the father looks upon us, he sees that we have been bought, that we have his blood on us and that we have been adopted as sons and daughters. Now in that understanding and that awareness of just how messy the process was for us to be delivered from our mess, we will now begin to grab a hold of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and allow that message to make us new. But when you don't understand that you need Jesus' help, that you don't understand just how deeply depraved and messy you are, you would not grab a hold of that message gospel. You would not grab a hold of his imputed righteousness and you will continue to act as bastard childs or children instead of being instead of acting as adopted children of God. I'm so glad that Christ delivered his message through the messiness of life and because of the joy which was us that was set before him, he endured this mess, he endured this shame and he delivered on his message so that I can be set free from my mess and allow my mess to be turned into a message that will be infused by the gospel message of Christ that will help other people come out of their mess and then transform their mess into a message. That's what we have to do. But when you don't know how dirty and untidy and disorder your life is, you will not grab a hold of Christ's message. Every day I have to grab a hold of his message and realize just how uh, uh, undeserved but welcomed I am. And so that I'll know I can keep going forward. It doesn't matter what mess I make. I am adopted son of God. You are an adopted daughter of God. And we can keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling and become that message that God wants to speak through to deliver others. Now, let's get to the definition of message. I've already preached and I ain't even been in this thing 10 minutes. Now, let's talk about message. A message or your message is an aged mess. I love the word. I love words. I'm a wordsmith. I love dissecting words. Message, mess and age. Message, mess and age. Your message is your mess that's been aged, meaning that you you either don't do it anymore or you rarely do it, but it's, it's, it's aged. That's not even a part of your repertoire. It's not even part of your life anymore. That mess has aged. But in the aging of that mess, now you become a messenger that tells other people that I once made a mess, but because of the message of the gospel, now I'm able to give you a message systematically on how you can overcome through Christ your own mess, right? So your message is an age is your aged mess. It contains information, advice, etc., to help others out of their mess, right? <clears throat> That's why the devil doesn't want you want your mess to age. He wants you to stay messy so you won't have a message. But I'm thankful that right now, it doesn't matter what I've overcome. I can put it in a video form. I can put it in a book form. I can put it in an audio form so that when people hear the message of the gospel that has been permeating through my aged mess, then when people hear my message, they will also be helped and they will overcome. Satan doesn't want you to have a message or he wants you to have a message, but you still in your mess. 
There's two types of people. People who have a message whose mess, their mess have aged or people who have a message, but they're still in their mess. Those people, time will prove that they're still messy. It's best for you not to deliver a message while still messy. Allow the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to remove that mess, transform it to a message so that when people actually not only hear your message, but when they audit your life, your message and your and your motives and your movements match. If your message and your motives and your movements don't match or your message doesn't match your, if your mindset, your moves and your motives does not match the message that you give, then when people audit your life, you will cause a bunch of people to go astray and you will cause people to lose hope. That's why it's best to just be quiet, <clears throat> allow God to mature you so that when it's time to deliver your message, your mindset, your motives and your movements match your message continuously. Now, the definition of a messenger. A messenger is a mature person with a mature message derived from an aged mess. A messenger is a mature person. They're a mature person. I've matured. I've grown. Never receive messages from immature people. Immature people can still be knowledgeable, but immature people can never be wise. Woo! Immature people can be knowledgeable, but immature people cannot be wise. Mature people are wise. Wisdom is applied knowledge. uh, Knowledge is just knowledge, but wisdom is applied knowledge. Many people acquire knowledge, but not too many people apply knowledge. Acquiring knowledge is easy. Applying knowledge is difficult. That's why you have to make sure you audit a person's life before you accept their message, because not every messenger is mature. Because a mature person, a messenger is a mature person with a mature message derived from an age mess. Here's my mess. This is what I've done. This is what God has brought me through. I didn't just overcome this on my own. Be very careful when people derive or deliver a message without the mess, without the master. The no, it doesn't matter <clears throat> how many points you give a person. Without the master at the core, as the cornerstone of that person's deliverance, then you just getting a bunch of points with no deliverance. You're getting a bunch of uh, behavioral management tools, but no transformation. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> Let's keep going. Now, quick points before I get into my acronyms. Quick points <clears throat> before I get into my acronym, and then we're going to dissect the scriptures, and then we're going to talk about what your message does. Then we're going to talk about how to age your mess. And then we're going to talk about the 10 things to do when you mess up. A lot of points, a lot of information. But that's who I am. I'm a coach. I'm I'm, 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 I'm a teacher. You know what I'm saying? One of my greatest gifts and my anointings is teaching, systematically uh, giving you the, 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 the good, the bad, the ugly, the problem, the causes, and the solution. And tools to help you go forward. See, I'm only one part. Some the Bible says some plant, some water, but God get the increase. I'm in partnership with the Holy Spirit that's in you. So He's using me to bring awareness, to bring insight and resources. And then what you do from the whole with the Holy Spirit from there is on you. Now let's keep going. <clears throat> Quick points, and then we'll break down some scriptures, right? Quick points. There is a message in every mess. It don't matter what your mess is. It don't matter how messy you are, how messed up your life has been. It doesn't matter what mess is in your life. There's always a message in a mess. God loves using scraps. God doesn't care about the. That's why you can't mess up God's plan. That's my next point. You can't mess up the plans of an omniscient God. 
But before I get there, I want to at least tackle that point a little bit. Every mess has a message. All you got to do is say, Father, if you allow this mess to happen in my life, if you allow this to happen, then obviously if in your allowance, there is a mess. Now, don't get me wrong. God doesn't bring trouble into your life. He uses the troubles you allow in your life. So he'll say, you know what? If you allow this through your free will to happen, if you allow it, I can use it <clears throat> to turn your mess into a message, to turn a hoe into, into a helper, to turn a lustful dude into a, a, a godly messenger, to turn a, a manipulator into a godly messenger. He can turn any messed up situation, any messed up individual, utilize their scraps, utilize their mess and transform that thing into a message. Next point. For all those who's disappointed in themselves, condemning themselves, upset with themselves, this point should liberate you. Your mess, you can't mess up the plans of an omniscient God. You can't mess up the plans of omniscient God. I posted this on my um, community tab on YouTube. I'm going to read it real quick. For those who subscribe to my YouTube channel, <clears throat> I post exclusive statuses and, and stuff on there. But I want to make sure I read what I post. It got over 536 um, likes just on the community tab. Uh, let me get there real quickly. Um, it says I posted it on. Come on now. I need you. I need you to come through now. There we go. Uh, I posted a day ago. 580 people with 38 comments, right? Don't worry about whether or not you are messing up God's plan for your life because even your mess ups are part of his plans. He's the greatest at turning your mess into a message that the world needs to hear of how he can redeem and use anyone. So today, get up, dust yourself off and try again. <clears throat> Listen to me. Don't worry about whether or not you're messing up God's plan. You can't mess up the plans of an omniscient God. How do we think we have the audacity that we are capable of messing up or arresting God's plan? God's plans for you has already been established. So instead of getting so caught up on, oh, God can't use me, I messed up. Your mess ups are a part of his master plan. He knew you was going to fall off that bike. No father, no mother that takes their child out to ride their bike, teach their child to ride the bike without in their mind knowing they will fall. God knew. He said, I chose you not with your mess in mind, but with my work in mind. I didn't choose you because of your mess. I chose you because I see that you would, that I, I knew that you would allow me. See, God chooses people, saves people whom he knows will allow him, will allow him to transform their mess. Everybody else going to stay messy. Everybody else. And he said, I ain't wasting my time on people who will not accept my grace, who will not accept my gospel and who would not allow me to transform them. So for those who are sons and daughters, we're not talking about sinners. We're not talking about people who are, who are not saved. We're talking about sons and daughters. If you have any fruit in your life that you are a son or a daughter of God, your mess cannot mess up his plans, period. So what he's going to do is he's going to say, you know what? You messed up now, but I know that a year from now, you're going to have a different mindset. A year from now, you're going to have different motives. A year from now, you're going to have different moves and you're going to look back at that mess up and say, wow, God has been faithful in transforming me, transforming me supernaturally 
to the point to where I went from messing up all the time to messing up sometimes to messing up every now and then to not messing up at all. That's the transformation process. Never allow yourself to sink in the moment of a mess. You better look at how far you've come. This is for sons and daughters. This ain't for people who haven't accepted the, the love of Christ, the grace of Christ. And if you on the outside that fence and you want to be saved by God, he's right there at the door of saying, if you would accept me and realize that you are jacked up, messed up from the flow up and that I am the message of God that came in this earth, that died for your sins to give you a hope, to give you a message, then you can accept him right now as your Lord and Savior. Right. You right, Sabrina. Every day is a spiritual struggle, but it's the struggle is what makes you better. It's the struggle that is to, that makes you sound. It's a struggle that helps you with your stewardship. It's a struggle that makes you eventually sane. If you run from struggle, you will always be struggling. But if you embrace the struggle, you are rarely struggle. You got to go through the uncomfortable places of life in order to, to stand firm. Whew, all right. Let's get back to it. You can't mess up the plans of an omniscient God, man. This is for sons and daughters. You can't mess up his plans. Your mess ups are a part of his plan. So when people are pointing fingers at you, talking about, oh, you a mess. God can't use you. Let God see. Ooh, why do you think Jesus was a carpenter? Why do you think carpenters builds what? Carpenters builds what? They build tables. Let God prepare the table in the presence of you. Jesus, while people are talking about your mess, while haters are talking about you, let God build your table. And then let God prepare a table in front of you in the presence of your enemy. Don't worry about what people got to say about your mess. Don't worry about what people got to say about your life right now. Jesus was a carpenter for a reason. He loves building tables in the presence of your enemies furnished with food. They will have to witness the work of God in your life. They will have to witness him, 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 him taking care of you and transforming in your mess. Go through the mess, overcome the mess because one day your mess will be a mess. Oh, my wife said, I'm preaching good. So she, she, she said, I'm preaching good, sir. All right. Next point, God uses mess. He doesn't make mess. The Bible says when, any, when anyone's tempted, he cannot say they've been tempted by God. God don't tempt nobody. God don't make mess. He uses mess. He turns messes, messes into messages. Let's keep going. Life, a lot of life is about learning how to maneuver mess and not, uh, to maneuver mess and not being affected. A lot of life. <clears throat> A lot of life is about learning how to maneuver around messy situations without becoming messy. You have to learn that life is messy. The world we live in is messy. And as followers of Christ, we have to learn how to be gentle as a dove, but wise as a serpent, how to navigate messy situations and not be affected. We'll elaborate on that a little bit later. Next point, your mindset will determine whether you sit in a mess become a mature messenger. Your mindset will determine whether you sit in a mess, stay in a mess, or become a mature messenger. Your mindset. As a person thinketh in their heart, so are they. You got to change the way you think. You see what I'm saying? You got to change the way you think about yourself, the way you think about those like for me. 
Back in the day, I used to be overly condemned. I went and talked to God for three or four days because I felt like I wasn't loved by him. I had a wrong mindset about his message. I forgot that he was near to the brokenhearted, that I forgot that I was a son adopted into his family. I forgot about a lot of key biblical truths and principles that helped liberate me so that when I make a mess, no matter how small it is. See, the thing is, some people make small mess and they don't take small mess seriously, just like they don't take small foxes seriously. The Bible says it's a small fox that spoils the vine. It's the small messes that really are messy. You got to be able to take every mess seriously. It don't matter what little mess I make. It don't matter how little it is. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I get that elbow grease. I don't care. I don't care. Mm-mm. You getting out of my life. Uh-uh. No, 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 no small messes here. Because I know my mindset is it doesn't matter how small or how big the message. God is gracious. God is able. Right. Don't get me wrong. But I have some responsibility to make sure I navigate it wisely and to make sure that I have the right mindset so I won't fall into a different mess again. That's why I always think myself into trouble to keep my feet out of trouble. Now, what does that mean? When I when things are presented my way, no matter what it is, and it's a broad spectrum, because in life, you're going to have a lot of things that approach you. I immediately think three to four moves ahead. The reason why you think three, four, three or four moves ahead in front of any situation that's presented in front of you, because chances are the 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 consequence is not in the first step or the second step. Sometimes the the downfall is in the third move. The the mess is that the the consequences from the mess is not in the first move or the second move. Sometimes they don't materialize to the third or fourth move. So if you think three or four moves ahead into every situation, you can then through the Holy Spirit begin to say, you know what? Even though I wouldn't get in trouble in the first two steps, I know for a fact in that third move and that fourth move, I'm jacked up. That's why I have something to lose. Marriage is something to lose. My ministry is something to lose. My anointing, even though how great it may be, is something that I can uh, lose. So I got to have something to lose so I can hold on tight to it. I love my marriage. I love my ministry. I love the anointing, the time that I get from God. So I don't want to lose that. Most people, they don't got nothing to lose or they have something to lose, but they have already lost their mind. And since they lost their mind, they begin to lose what's valuable. You better get a hold of your mind so you won't lose nothing. See, people are losing their wives, lose, they lost their wife, they lost their husband, lost their marriage, lost their children because they lost their mind. If you lose your mind, you will let loose of what matters. So that's why you got to think three to four moves ahead so that your feet won't enter the first step. The Bible says with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. The best way not to fall into temptation is to never enter it. But if you do find yourself uh, uh, in a temptation... The best way to exit is the way that you entered it. But if you go deeper and deeper into that temptation or walking deep in there, then when something pops off, the exit is so far away. But the best way to never fall into temptation is to never enter. The best way to never fall into a mess is to make sure you move around it or move away from it. Let's keep going. Now, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to break down these scriptures. So let me get to these scriptures on the back right here. Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. I love this. It was a song my mom used to sing all the time. And I forgot the artist of the song, but uh, it says the steadfast love of the Lord. I'm so glad I had a singing mama. I'm so glad I had a praying mama who, who, who put scriptures like this in my soul when I was a child. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Woo. 
That means God's love is steadfast. Now, we're talking about God, which is above all that all people are saved. But he knows that most a lot of people are not going to accept him because, Josh, how do you know God knows a lot of people ain't going to accept him? He says, narrow is the way that leads to life and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Few would be on a narrow way and a bunch of people be on a broad. <clears throat> God, listen. Listen, when I have kids, listen to me, when I have kids and I have to pick my kids up from school, I may love all the kids in that school. I may respect and love all the kids in the school, but my love for my children <coughs> will supersede my love for all the kids. Now, do I love all children? Oh, I love all children. But when I go through that car pickup line, whose kids am I picking up? OK, now I wish above all that all those children have parents that loves them. I hope they do. But as far as my children, I'm coming around that corner to pick them up. When Jesus comes back, it don't matter how much he loves all the other children. I love y'all, but I'm here to pick up mine. OK, so the steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. Now, don't get me wrong. There's two types of love of God. And I want to make sure I make this plain. There's a love that God echoes into the world saying, hey, come to me, all you are laden and heavy laden, I will give you rest. I have a love that's ever reaching. Hey, I love you. I'm giving you life. I love you so much that even if you don't choose me, you will know for a fact that I loved you, right? That love for the world is different for the love for his children. Right. So there's a steadfast love for the world where the, the God is saying with open arms, I welcome all of you. Hey, hey, I'm here. I have a hope for you. But there's also a type of steadfast love that he has for his children. The steadfast love for the world is to welcome people for salvation. The steadfast love of God for his children is the sanctification of his children to a place of maturity. Now, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. That means he says, man, my love is so ever bounding, so, so overarching that it, it can never cease. It's not lagging. It's not like dial up internet. It's not like bad Wi-Fi. It's not like it's don't, it doesn't lag. It is never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. That's for the children. I love that. I love that. I receive that. That his mercies never come to an end. They are new. Why do you need new mercies? See. I need new mercies. What it says, new mercies every morning. Great is your faith. Your soul has to know that you got a full tank of mercy, a full tank of grace every day. That doesn't give you license to sin. It gives you license to win. Woo! That grace and mercy doesn't give you license to sin. People who get caught up in these, these teachings that are overarching, overly extreme grace is that it subconsciously makes the babes in Christ or sinners gives license to sin. They may never preach that it gives license to sin, but if you give the mindset of people thinking that, that God doesn't care about their sins, that God doesn't chasten those whom he loves, then people will continue sinning as if everything's erased. But when I know I have new grace and new mercies every day. That doesn't give me license to sin. It gives me license to win. Meaning I have grace to win. I'm working from victory, not for victory. Also, I'm also having mercy where God has given me chances to grow. Grace gives me the opportunity to grow. Mercies give me opportunity to mend. He's giving me mercies. I'm giving you mercy. Hey, get it right. Get it tight. Get it right. 
Get it tight. Get ready. Get your feels focused. I'm giving you mercies. They're new. Mercy is also that no matter what I do from little to bad, I know for a fact that he won't judge me. Judge me. He's judging me based upon my position in him, which means he's giving me mercy. Woo. But those who know it and recognize his faithfulness, appreciate his mercy. Oh God, thank you for being a merciful God. You could have judged me off of that small thing, but because your mercies was new today, I welcome your mercies because they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God, you love me in spite of me. You love me no matter what. That doesn't mean God's love doesn't mean he condones your habitual sin. But when you recognize his faithful love, when you appreciate his love, it makes you easily get rid of sin. It makes you easily get over sin because you know you love. But because many of us grew up in unloving homes, we don't know how to to receive the love from a loving God. But God's love, even if you grew up in a loving home, his love is greater. That's why I love the steadfast love, the steady, the steadfast. It is fastly steady. It stays with you. Or the Lord never ceases. If you are a son or daughter of God, it never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. God will never end on you. Why would God end with someone that he welcomed in? Why would God put to end into something that he initiated, that he began? He's the author and the finish. He never, see, 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 the Bible talks about there will be a lot that start with you. There'll be a lot of people that start with you, but in time you will see that they never Finish, they, they, they didn't finish with you and them not finishing with you proves they were never with you. There are a lot of people who are Christian by checking off a box, but they're not, they're not a Christian based upon their heart. So a bunch of people you can get confused by. You'd be like, man, are they really? No, no, no. no. Time will prove whether or not they've been with him or not. Okay. They are new every morning. That's why I don't worry about tomorrow's mercies. <laughs> I don't worry about tomorrow's grace. I appreciate today's mercy and grace. I every day reflect on his faith. It is the next scripture I love too. Oh man, Psalms 23, 6. David was saying, I believe it's David, Psalms 23, Psalm, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this David talking. Surely, ooh, it didn't matter how messed up David's life was, he knew. He knew, man, he said, man, God said he was a man after his own heart. David did a lot of messed up things, but he knew he knew something. He knew something in the old covenant that many of us don't even appreciate and grasp in the new covenant under Jesus. He said, surely whoo, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely. Are you sure? If you ain't sure here, you ain't going to be sure here. I'm tired of people not starting with me. In fact, I don't worry about people starting with me because I know that that's right. Who cares about people not starting with you? Man, whatever. As long as you start your journey. But Psalms 23 says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely. How sure are you about God's love for you? How sure that he has goodness and mercy follow me? No matter where I go, I got God's goodness and I got God's mercy following me. Why do you think goodness and mercy is never in front of you, but it's behind you? So that if you do fall, whoop, 
you fall into his goodness and mercy and it push you back in step. That when I slip and I fall, I got goodness on my left side. I got mercy on my right side holding me up. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. When you think on the goodness of God and all he has done for you, you will begin to rejoice. It'll make you let go of some things because he's good to me. Every time you fall, you see God's goodness there, even in his chastising of you, even in his chastening of you. Goodness and mercy. You fall, goodness and mercy shall follow you. We hear shall follow you all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house. Man, when you know your future dwelling place, you won't dwell on certain stuff for too long. I'm dwelling in his presence now because I know I will dwell in his house forever. What do you dwell on? Do you dwell on what you just did? Or, or, or do you dwell on the fact that you are a son and daughter of God? Let's keep going to Romans 8.28. And then I got to get to my acronyms. Romans 8.28 says, and we know, this is scripture we all embrace. We know. And we know, that's, that's another thing. About one thing says, surely, surely. Another one says, and we know. Knowing is important. Surely goodness shall follow me. Now we got to go to Romans 8, 28. It says, and we know, hey, yo, we know, we know, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. There's three things. There's four things that I must know something. Knowing means intimacy. Knowing means understanding. Knowing means fully accepted and into application that I know since I love God, whoo, you got to make it. You got to make a verse. You got to make a verse personal. Since I know God, everything is working together for my good because I am called according to his purpose. That's important. I must know him and I must know his love for me. And I have to know that I'm in love with God. Me and God, we cool. So if I'm a, if I have fruit in my life that I'm a son or daughter of God, right? If I have fruit that I'm a son or daughter of God, I know for a fact that no matter what I've done, what I used to do, no matter what I may do, no matter what's going on or what mess is around me, mess may not be in you, but mess may be around you. You know for a fact that even though presently I see something differently than my faith sees, I'm going with walking by faith, knowing that all of these things are working themselves out for my good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. Do you know his purpose for your life? Do you know that he loves you? And is that love making you grow in love with him so that you can become aware that all things are working themselves out for your good? Now let's get to some points. Now, what does your message do? Why you need to develop a message, why you need to aid your mess, right? Because your message do some things, does some things. M-E-S-S-A-G-E. This is what your message does. Your message will motivate people. Your message motivates. Your message will motivate others and is mission-based. You have to understand that. 
God wants you to have a message because it's going to motivate other people to overcome their mess and to develop their mess. It motivates others. So when people hear my message and they hear these videos and they hear what and how God is using me, it naturally motivates them. It motivates them to move in the right direction. But your message must also be mission based. When you have a missional message and your message has a mission, you're basically saying, hey, these are my desired outcomes for my message. That's important. My desired outcome for my message is that God uh, breathes through me is to build your spiritual maturity for his optimal use. That's the mission of my message. My message is to help people mature themselves in the things of God through spiritual disciplines and spiritual awareness so that they can be optimally used by God. The mission of my message also is to help people make sense of life. Do you see how specific those missions are? See, I have two missions. My mission is for your spiritual maturity, for God's optimal use, and the, the top part of that that leads to that is my message is to help you make sense of life. So that you can say, oh, that makes sense. Oh, I can see how that. Oh, and now things are making sense. You see, my message motivates and my message has mission based. Right. So that's what your message would do. That's why you have to age your mess, develop your message, because your message will naturally motivate others. What if people don't listen to you? How do you deal with those kinds of things and not do it? Listen, the Bible says um, um, that some plant, some water, but God gets increased. Just focus on planting and watering. Now, those two different types of people. Those who are planting, you don't know whether or not that soil received it. You just cast and seed. My nonprofit is called Casting Seeds. My book publishing company is called Casting Seeds Publishing. All I can do is cast seed. Hey, listen, all I'm doing is casting seed. And when that seed falls, it don't matter if they receive it or not. I did my job. Now, the watering of a seed is discipling relationships. It's when people are in your life and you're watering that seed. People come to my channel all the time. I'm watering that seed. You see what I'm saying? So at some points, I cast the seed. Some points, I water seed. But I don't worry about the increase. So to answer your question, don't worry about if people listen. Just keep doing what you're doing, right? And don't dwell on it. Don't, don't worry about it if they listen or not. Just be grateful that you listen. The disciples was coming back to Jesus like, yo, Jesus, the devils, the demons are subject to us. They begin to rejoice in their power over the devil. But Jesus told them, don't worry about whether you got power over demons or not. Rejoice in the fact that your name is written. Just be thankful that you listened and that your name is written and go forward. There's a lot of thumbs downs, a lot of bad comments I get. I don't worry about them because chances are I have about 40, 30, 50, sometimes 100 plus likes and two thumbs down. So why am I going to worry about the thumbs down when I got a bunch of thumbs up? Why am I going to worry about one or two bad comment <clears throat> haters or whatnot when I got a bunch of other good messages? What you dwell on will determine what you deliver. So if you dwell on negativity, you will always focus on delivering that to that negativity. But you dwell on positivity, you will deliver positivity. Hope they helped you, bro. <clears throat> or Jacquees. Yeah, that's that's a gentleman. Okay. What does your message do? Your message motivates others. And your message is mission-based. Let's keep going. Your message also encourages others. Motivate is different than encourage. Motivate means I'm ready to move. Encourage means I'm coming into courage, right? I'm entering courage. <clears throat> Motivation is when people are like, I'm on the edge of moving, but I need you the extra push. 
I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. Encouragement is entering courage. That's why you need to develop your message so that your message um, can encourage, can have people enter courage, enter into Christ's courage. Don't, don't motivate people or don't let your message have them enter their courage. No, you got to deliver a message that always has Jesus as the chief cornerstone so they can enter his courage, his strength, his passion, right? That's important. <clears throat> so your message, E, will encourage others. It will help people enter courage. They will enter into God's strength, enter into God's courage. We are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us, right? So we begin to help people enter into a Christ-sustaining courage that helps them to go forward. So your message encourages others and your message will extend from you. You can't keep your message from your, to yourself. <clears throat> you can't keep that to yourself. Your message extends from you, meaning your message is in your lifestyle. Ooh, I heard someone say, I think they said, Mother Teresa said, or somebody said, as it says, preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Are you living and walking epistles? That's what the Bible says. We're supposed to be walking and living epistles that we may be the first Bible that people read. You, I am the Joshua Ejike version, the J-E-V. <laughs> see what I'm saying? I got to be the J-E-V version. You see what I'm saying? So when people, I may be the first version they read. So I, ooh, I got to be the J-E-V. I got to be the Joshua. I got to be the J-E-E-V <laughs> or the J-E-V, the Joshua Ezzy version of the Bible. <clears throat> that, uh, the, I'm not the full Bible. I'm, not a, I'm just an epistle that is that is God breathing in this flesh, in this canon. You see what I'm saying? So that when I speak from this canon or when people look from my life, they'll be like the J-E version brought me to the KJV. The NKJV, the ESV, the Amplifier, whatever. You see what I'm saying? So we got to make sure that we're living and walking epistle. When people read our lives, the gospel has been so infused in us that we can then lead them from reading the JEV into the actual canon text where they can grow from there. So your message not only encourages others, but it extends from you. Could people be changed? Just changed just by observing you. The bulk of, of, of my ministry is what I live, not what comes out of my lips. If what I live doesn't match what comes out of my lips, then what I'm what I'm saying ain't really paying. What I'm saying ain't really slaying. You see what I'm saying? It ain't really hurt, it ain't really helping nobody, right? But when I understand, hey, 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 okay, my life is a reflection of what I say, then when people hear what I say and they audit my life, they're even more encouraged because they know that message is real. Let's keep going. What does your message do? S, it starts the healing process. That's right. We can say things, but not live them. Only say what you do day by day. Woo. Only say what you live out daily. S, start the healing process your mess will start the healing process. Your mess will begin to start people becoming healed, right? It also will provide others with systems to overcome. You just can't give a message and it motivates. You got to give a message with points, with systematic approaches to them mastering from the master's help, 
right? So what I do is I just can't give you, God brought me through and look what the Lord has done. I've been brought from the miry clay. God has redeemed me, has brought me through. And you don't tell people how he did it. Okay, cool. I feel motivated. I've been in churches where they shout at me. I had a little two-step when I was a kid. My little child used to grab the pew and I used to shout. And my mom, I used to be like this with my mom and mom bumping me all over the place because she was shouting. I've been in churches when that key gets hit and the drums are going. Or if you go to those contemporary churches, the the the, the trance like, oh, you start swaying and the words are so whatever and all that kind of stuff. But you walked out of that place ain't delivered. You see what I'm saying? You don't hype the people up, but you ain't help the people. We got to stop hyping people up and start helping them. We became a, so a source of entertainment and not a source of deliverance and discipleship. The church has lost its way. Now, there's a substratum of churches who's delivering and who's developing people and discipling them. But, in the, but, but, but the mainstream that may have been contaminated... All they do is entertain. All they do is they want to get their Instagram popped off. All they care about is what J's am I going to have in my service? Why well, They care more about the price tag of their fashion. They care about the name of the brand versus the one that branded them. They care so much about looking good and having all these dope clothes and dope eloquency. Paul said, I don't even want you to know or come to God because of the eloquency of my speech. I want you to be affected by the power. Bible talks about that these people will have a form of godliness, but denying the power. They don't want the power of God because they want people to, to, to um, they want people to praise them. So what they do is, I'm going to give you a form of godliness. I'm going to deny the power of God because if the power of God comes, then you no longer need me. But since we got boys being preachers and we got girls, little girls being preachers, little boys being preachers, immature women and immature men being preachers, they don't want God to step in because they're scared of the alpha male. He's the alpha and the omega male. And you better let him in charge through your message or nobody's going to be changed. These preachers don't want you delivered because they want you to keep sucking off of their breasts. That's why I want the power of God through my message. Bump all this dope stuff. And I used to be caught up in those lights, camera, and actions, right? We got, got caught up in all those things. Oh, I'm about to give, I'm about to give you points. I don't know who you are, Asian trend. Oh, I got the points. I'm coming for you. See, I'm giving you hype and help. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I got the points. Follow with me. Follow through with me. But we got to get to a place where we help the people. And not be so focused on hyping the people. Let's keep going. Your message will. So what I'm trying to say, you got to give systems to help people overcome. Right? Well, you know what? Well, let me go ahead and you want to talk like that. Now, do you want to, uh, Asian, now do you want to be a part of this or do you not understand? Are you new? Okay. Because I are you new? Do you not know who I am? I love you now. That was an illustration of me exaggerating the points. All right. Now, do you want to get blocked or do you want to learn? It's on you. All right. But what you're not going to do. Well, let me stop there. But what you're not going to do. You want to hear more. OK, good, 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 good. We're going to we're going to we're going to teach on today. Let's keep going. Now, your message will s stop the work of the enemy in people's lives. The reason why God wants to develop 
and erase your message and turn into a message, it's because he wants to use your message to stop the work of the devil in other people's lives. That's what your message does. Like, Give them the word of God. Give them the points. Help them understand, hey, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Know that the devil is working. The devil is moving. And you got to equip the people with the armor of God so they can understand that how can I put to stop the devil's work? The best way to defeat the devil is through discipline from devotion. When you devote it to God, you birth disciplines. And in those disciplines, you defeat the devil. Because the son was in devotion with the father, when he was tempted when the temptation was delivered at his doorstep in the wilderness, it was because of his disciplines that he was able to overcome the delicacy deliveries of the devil. All right. So your message stops the work of the enemy and will send others out to the uh will send others out to declare their message. It stops working the devil and it empowers them and it sends them out. Now in my maturity in Christ, now I'm being sent out to help others. Now, what else does your message does? Your message A causes people to address their issues. Wow, I'm really messed up. I need to look at my life. I can get better. I will get better. It helps people address the fact that this mess, what we thought was was good, because what happens is we dress up our mess. We dress our mess. So what happens is we dress it up so that we can keep it around. But when you realize just how messed up that sin is, just how messed up all sin is, no matter how great or less the consequence, when you see the sin for what it really is and you begin to address yourself, then you begin to next point, then you begin to make the adjustments. See, if you never address if you avoid what you need to address, you will never advance. Many people are avoiding what they need to address, but they all they got to do is address it. And if you address it, you can make the adjustment. But that's what your message will do. It will have people self-reflective addressing their issues, right? And then they will be uh, uh, making the adjustments to move forward. Now, for times, let's keep going. G, what does your message do or what should your message do? Your message should always glorify God and help people gradually grow and glorify God as well. That's what your message should do. <clears throat> Gee, it should always glorify God. God gets the glory for this. So even though I may give you four or five points, the first point is it's because of God alone. You see what I'm saying? I got to give God the glory. He's the one that transformed my message into a message. He gets the glory. It wasn't my degree. It wasn't my accolades. It wasn't who I knew. It wasn't anything, right? But because, but because, but because of his grace in my life, I have to give the glory to him. And in that message, it helps people know that growth is gradual. Take your time. But knowing that at the core of that growth, you always make an effort to give God glory. Right. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. We'll get to those questions. later. I got a lot of points to answer those questions specifically. E, what does your message do? Your message will affect their eye, not their eyes, their eye. The Bible says if your eye be dark and notice it didn't say your eyes, if your eye, your eye, your eye, they talk about it as the third eye. But basically your eye is your perspective. When your perspective is darkened, your whole soul will be darkened. Right. So it will affect your it will affect the people's eye. It will change their perspective. Your message will begin to say, you know what? I didn't think of it that way. That's what my job is. My job is to give new perspective to people, godly, biblical perspective to people, helping them make sense of life and help them see life differently. 
So your message would naturally affect the people's eye. It would naturally affect their perspective, changing how they see what they see. Next. And it will help them engage the world differently. If you change the way a person sees, you will change the way a person navigates through life. That's what your message does. Your message motivates others and is mission-based. Your message encourages others, helping people enter courage and will extend from you. Your message will start the healing process and will provide others with systems to overcome. Your message will also stop the work of the devil in their life and will send people out to deliver their message. Your message will also, when it has been matured, will cause people to address their issues and make adjustments. Your message will also help you, will also uh, uh, always glorify God and will help people grow gradually as they glorify God. And lastly, your message will affect people's eye, helping them engage the world differently. Now let's go to the next point, how to age your mess, how to turn your mess into a mess. I have a lot of points, but then I'm going to get to 10 things to do when you mess up. These for people that's like, so what do I do when I do stumble? Because we're not going to be perfect going forward. We can be progressive going forward, but we won't be um, 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 back in sinful patterns. Now, how to age your mess. I have an acronym. I have letters, A-G-E, real quickly, because I've been going 56 minutes, but I hope this helps. How to age your mess, how to turn your mess into a mess. These are things that I've, I observe in my life and noticed in my life, and they help me. Always assess your life. How to age your mess and how to keep a sustaining message, how to keep a faithful, consistent message. Always assess your life. Where am I right now? Where is my walk with God right now? Where like for me, I got to always assess myself as a man. Where am I as a man right now? Because who I am as a man would determine what kind of husband I'll be. It would determine what kind of father I'll be. It would determine what kind of minister I would be. You see what I'm saying? So I got to always assess me as a man. Where am I right now as a man? Am I growing? Am I slowing? You see what I'm saying? Am I, am I elevating or am I depreciating? Where am I as a man? I'm always assessing my life. Where am I? Because sometimes I can get so busy and I spend time with God, but I'll be doing a bunch of stuff and I'll be like, oh, 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 Josh, slow it down. Your message cannot be the main focus. Your, your ministry cannot be the main focus. You got to slow your life down. Assess where you are so that you can get back in your stride. I also got to assess who I am as a husband. Where is my marriage at right now? Where am I? Where is my marriage? I can't care about where my ministry is. I got to care about where the master is and where my marriage is. If I take care of the master and I take care of my marriage, the ministry will take care of itself. So I got to always assess my life in order to age my message and to ensure my message stays mature. I got to always assess where am I in my life? Second point, how to age your mess or to ensure your message stays mature. I have to A, assist God daily. I can't go a day without acknowledging God, <clears throat> asking God, does he need help? How may I serve you today, God? How may I assist you today? When you're in a mess situation, but you assist God, when, you, when you're around someone who's better or someone who's great, you begin to take on their habits, right? So, so when I'm always assisting God, that's why Elisha said, give me a double portion because Elisha saw what God did for Elijah. So if I'm following Jesus, I want a double portion. And Jesus said, Jesus clarified the double portion when he said greater works that you would do. So as I follow Jesus, I can get a double portion. I can do greater things which now my message be infused with power and now I'm able to grow, right? 
So I'm able to, to sustain a mature message because I'm assisting God daily. God, like Luke, Luke assisted Paul and Luke ended up writing one of the most accurate historical documents of time. Look it up. Look at the historical um, uh, um, validity that Luke has in becoming one of the top historical documents of all time. In assisting in an apostle, Luke produced a work that was so historically, even into the secular realm, a document that is considered one of the most accurate historical documents of all time. But that's what happens when you assist. Listen, my goal is to be a point guard. God, listen, my goal is to be able to say, God, what, what, what you need? I'm here. I'm here to assist you. Let's keep going. How to aid your mess and to ensure your message is mature. You got to always assess your life and you got to daily assist God. Next point, you got to make adjustments when necessary. And before I get that, you, I'm, I'm going to say this point. You have to increase your awareness. In order to age your mess, you got to become aware of some things. You got to be like, yo, life is much serious than this. I have to be aware of my life. Uh, I have to be aware of what's going on around me. I have to be aware of my past. I got to be aware of my present. And I got to be aware of my goals. You see what I'm saying? You have to be aware of the spiritual realm and the natural. You have to be aware of how Satan may and demons may try to enter your life. You have to have, you got to increase your awareness because as you increase your awareness, as you begin to navigate God's word, you begin to become more sensitive. You begin to see things differently and you begin to navigate according to the will of God. You have to increase your awareness. Yo, this, oh, I'm aware of how dangerous, that's how I was with pornography. I became aware of how this sin was going to mess up my life. I became aware, oh, that thing may feel good in the moment. It may be beneficial in the moment, but for life, it's going to drastically damage it. But when you when you become um, distracted from becoming aware of life, you'll begin to practice all these different things. But when you begin to recognize lying is not good, uh, manipulating is not good, deceiving is not good. Uh, I got to become aware that I can't be greedy. I got to become aware of everything. God, I'm aware. I'm auditing the fruit of my life. I'm becoming aware. You see what I'm saying? I'm becoming, that's right. Wages of sin is death. When you become aware of what sin pays you back, you will never buy what sin offers. You have to increase your awareness, which then leads you to make adjustments. Adjustments meaning, okay, these are the things that keeps me messy. These are the habits that keeps me falling into mess, out of mess, into another mess. You see what I'm saying? I got to make the adjustments. When you care about your life, when you care about the, your goals, when you care about what God wants you to do in your life, you will cut off anybody easily. Oh, it's easy to cut off friends when your end is worth more than your friends. When you care more about eternity, it's easy to cut friends off. It's easy to cut habits off because you got a new mind. You got a new awareness. And so that's how you age your mess. I don't got time to be messy. I don't got time to be in y'all's mess. I don't got time because I'm after something. So I got to make the necessary adjustments and cut things and people out of my life so that I can continue on productively. That's why I can't do that stuff no more. I don't care what it is. It's going to always affect me going forward. So because I have increased my awareness, it helps me age my mess and it keeps my message mature. Okay. Now, how, what else to do to age your mess and to ensure you keep your message mature? You have to always assess your life. You have to assist God daily. You have to increase your awareness. You have to make adjustments when necessary. 
and you have to next accept accountability. Messy people don't want to be held accountable. Messy people love being around messy people. <laughs> messy people don't want to be around clean people. They don't want to. The Bible says um, people in, Jan in um, uh, John chapter three, after it talks about for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. If you keep reading down, it talks about how people avoid the light, lest their deeds be exposed. Not everybody wants to be around light. So if you feel lonely because nobody wants to come around your light, it's because people don't like to be light because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. They, they rather continue to express their bad deeds, engage their bad deeds than to allow their bad deeds to be exposed. So what you got to understand, you got to say, you know what? I, as far as me and my life, as far as me and my house, we're going to be held accountable. We're going to serve the Lord. I welcome accountability. I want to be around people that's going to be able to tell me about myself for the for my betterment. Okay. How to aid your mess and to ensure your message is mature. You have to ask for help. That goes with accountability. That went together. You got to ask for help. Your awareness leaves you asking for help. The first place you ask for help is from God. God, help me. God, I'm going to accept your help and I'm going to accept whatever help you surround me with. Next point of how to aid your mess in the A category and to ensure your message stays mature, you have to always be in observance of what's around you. Good question. You can't lose your salvation. And I know a lot of people, let me make it plain. Why would an omniscient God pursue somebody who he know he will leave? So our understanding of principle should not be from us upward. It should be from him downward. The best way to understand certain principle is to understand his attributes. When you understand that God is an all-knowing God and that he can't contradict himself, then you will begin to recognize that if I'm adopted as a son or daughter, if I've been transformed, if I have been uh, um, pursued by him, then he pursued me with the purpose. He didn't pursue me to lose sight of his purpose. He pursued me because he knew I was going to accept him. He knew that his goodness would draw me to repentance. So what I mean, you may be able to lose your stride, but you can't lose your salvation because you've been adopted. That's from his point of view downward. Now, from our view upward, if you are not bearing fruit with keeping repentance, if you're not growing the things of God, if you don't have no fruit of salvation, then you were never saved. But from his point of view, he already knows who he accepts because why would he pursue someone that will not accept him? So those who are radically, genuinely, authentically saved by God, adopted sons and daughters of God, they can't lose their salvation. But people who, who, who quote unquote, uh, are living contrary with fruit contradictory are people who was never pursued by God. You see what I'm saying? All right, let's keep going. How to aid your mess or to mature your message? You have to observe what's around you. All right, man, I can't have you around me. I, girl, lady, baby girl, young man, young lady, I can't have you around me. I can't have you around me because I'm going somewhere. I, I, I can't be around messy people. And they're going to get their feelings hurt. They're going to be disappointed. You can't, you can't, you can't be around those people anymore. You observing your surroundings. And last but not least for the A's, how to age your mess or to mature, keep your message mature. You have to accept what happened. You got to just accept it. It happened. People still holding on to stuff. No, you got to accept it. It happened. Let it go. The longer you hold on to it and not accept, I can't believe this happened to me. Woe is me, man, man. Stop. Accept what happened and go that and go forward. 
Except what happened. Yeah, it happened. You made a mistake. Cool. Now let's keep going. God is like, why are you still wasting time dwelling on this? Come on. Let's go, son, daughter. Let's go. Accept what happened. Clean it up and let's go. Now, let's get to the G's because I'm going long. How to age your mess and how to ensure your message stays mature. G, you got to get a grip on life. You can't just be all over the place. Life, I got you. Get a grip on life. Yo, no, no, no. Get a grip. You can't just be out here because you're 20 or a teenager or 30 or because you got some money or some youth in you just living recklessly, got the whole YOLO mindset. No, you only live once. You're darn right. So you better live right. You better live not recklessly, but you better be living righteously. Man, you only got one life. You better get a good grip. No, okay, I got to chill. I'm doing stupid stuff. Get a grip on your life. All right, man, I'm all over the place. Grab your life. Life, come here. Come here. Calm down, life. Life, calm down. Life, life, chill. You tripping. Somebody got somebody to grab Josh. Josh, chill. Back in the day, hey, yo, Josh, you tripping. Get a grip on yourself. Right? All right. All right. I'm of age now. What's a good grip? Good question. A good grip is this. And it goes with some of my points. A good grip is... I grasped a hold of God's word. I know God's word from my heart, right? You see what I'm saying? I got a I got a good grip on God's word, which will help me keep a good grip on me. I have the right accountability that, that grabs me when they see me, and I welcome that. That's what helps me keep a good grip on life. A good grasp on God's word and a good group of people that can grasp hold of me, right? Those are two key fundamental ways on how to get a good grip on life is, is to grasp a hold of God's word, right? Okay, I got I understand that word. Not just reading it, but applying it. I got a good grasp on God's word, and I got a good group of people that's grasping a hold of me. Those two points will help you get a good grip in life. Next, G, how to age your mess or to ensure your message is stays mature. You have to get rid of certain things. That's self-explanatory. Get rid of certain things. Get rid. That goes with um, 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 making adjustments or whatnot. And observing what's around, you gotta get get rid, get rid of certain things. I gotta get rid of you, get rid of that. You gotta get rid. Next G, I have to intentionally grow, right? I have to intentionally grow. How I age my mess and how I make my message mature, I have to intentionally grow. Intentionality is is difficult because of being comfortable. Some of us are so comfortable with being comfortable that we run away from anything that makes us uncomfortable. If you want to follow God, expect to be uncomfortable. You got to understand in life, it's going to be uncomfortable and growth is uncomfortable. Growth means I'm letting go of something. Growth means I'm going somewhere and I'm letting go of something. And any place worth going, it's going to take a lot of growth. And any, and any type of growth means you're going away from somewhere. So you have to intentionally grow. You got to get a sheet of paper and write down ways what ways can I grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically? And what ways can I grow and intentionally do that daily? That's over time when you gradually grow, you begin to say, wow, I don't really make those mess anymore. How long has it been since you spilled milk? When was the last time you really, when you was a baby, you were spilling juice all over the place. 
You was spilling milk all over the place. You was dropping your food. You know what I'm saying? You was all over the place. But as you begin to become familiar with the fork, you became familiar with how to hold the glass. When you became familiar with things, the less likely you made mess. That's intentionality. I'm tired of spilling this milk. So let me hold the cart in a certain kind of way like mama told me. I'm tired of spilling my juice box. So let me make sure you begin to make the adjustments because now you grow. As you mature, you handle things maturely. How to aid your message to ensure your message stays mature? My favorite one, you got to grasp the word of God. You got to understand it, grasp it, and engraft it in you. Ooh, you got to grasp it and engraft it. You got to grasp it and engraft it. Grasp it and engraft it. You got to grasp the word. I'm in this. I'm eating. I'm chewing on this thing. And I'm a chew. I'm a meditate. The Bible says I meditate on the word day and night. The Bible talks about I hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. I, I, I do it until it's engrafted, until it becomes me, until I personalize the verse, until that verse becomes me. The scriptures, the word of God is like marinade. If I dwell in it, even though I may be bland outside of it, but when I marinate it and meditate on it, I become the flavor of faith. <coughs> I become the flavor of joy. I become the flavor of peace. I become because I allow that word to marinate on me. You're right. We can't do nothing without him. And when we're in him and we allow him to marinate us by grasping that word, I understand it. And the best way to grasp the word of God and to engraft the word of God is to let the Holy Ghost read the word to you. When I see when I when I go, when I read my Bible, I'm like a little child when I'm in elementary school. A little child will come to me. They don't want to read because they think I'm dope at reading. They want to. They want me to read to them because of the relationship first. <clears throat> so what happens is, I'll <clears throat> Holy Spirit, would you read this to me, please? Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, will you read this to me? It's not that I want him to read it. I want him to read because we have relationship. And I know that he will not only from relationship, but from re revelationship. You see what I'm saying? Now I'm getting re revelation from my relationship because I allow him to read it. So when the Holy Ghost begins to read God's breathed word that he was the author of us, then I begin to grasp a deeper understanding of his word. And in the grasping of the deeper understanding of his word, now I'm then able to engraft it into my life and I can continue to grasp grow from it, giving God glory. You see what I'm saying? How else to age your mess and to make sure your message stays mature? You got to go after st stretchable goals. What's your goals? Not obtainable goals, but stretchable goals. Goals that make you stretch. <clears throat> can the Holy Spirit of Jesus take possession of my body? Yep. He can. You can. He's in your body. If you save right now, he'll come in you right now. He'll take ownership. He'll clean your life. He'll get you right. You got to go after stretchable goals, goals that are stretch you. You got to say, you know, I just can't go through life aimlessly. I got to set goals and measure my accomplishments of it. Now, E, so I can get out of here because <clears throat> I'll be going an hour and 13. How to age your mess and to ensure your message stays mature. You got to eliminate excuses. Stop making excuses, man. People who make excuses are are prone to easily fall into their mess again. Stop making excuses. Now, nah, make adjustments, not excuses. Next point, you got to eagerly execute. You just can't be sitting there just like I said before. 
intentionally grow, you got to eagerly execute. Set your goals eagerly. Like there's a passion, there's a fervor, there's a reason why I'm executing. There's a reason why I'm going after this. I'm eagerly executing this because of the fruit that I'm going to get from this, because of the glory God's going to get from this, and the people that's going to be impacted from this. So I eagerly execute on the word of God. And I execute eagerly on the things that God wants me to do daily. Also, whoo, my favorite point, E, how to age your mess or to mature or to ensure your message stays mature, you got to enjoy. I love breaking words apart. E-N-J-O-Y, enjoy. In order for me to grow and mature, I got to enter his joy. In order for me to enjoy life, I have to enter his joy. You're not enjoying life. It don't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many women you have. It don't matter how much men, many men you have. It don't matter how many, it doesn't matter how many followers, how many likes, how many sponsorships. If you're not in his joy, you're not really going to enjoy life. In order to enjoy life, I have to enter his joy. So the best way to age my mess Right. And to make sure my message is mature, I got to enter his joy because the Bible says the joy of the Lord, the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if I want to be strengthened and to grow and to mature, I got to walk in, enter his joy so that I can enjoy life outside of God's joy. You're going to see life poorly. And if you see life poorly, you're going to live life poorly. Yes, you in Miami every other month. Yes, you traveling the globe in your PJs on a PJ. You see what I'm saying? In your PJs, on a PJ. Yes, you got money upon money. Yes, you got access upon access. But if you're not in joy, in God's joy, you got a big house tormented by demons. You got a bunch, you got a fleet of cars, but you scared to drive alone. You got all these joyful experiences, but outside of God's joy, <clears throat> you're not going to truly enjoy life because you're always trying to get more money. You're always trying to go find out who's the next girl I'm going to get with. You want to try to follow, what can I thirst trap it? You got all this kind of stuff. That's not really enjoying life. So in order to age my mess or to ensure my mess stays mature, I, every morning, open the door to joy, his joy, walk in, close the door. I'm in God's joy. That's how you navigate life. Let's keep going. How to aid your mess or to ensure your message stays mature? How can you deliver me from the sin of hatred towards people? Good question. Um, when you begin to see, realize how much your sins are or were towards him, it'll make people's sins towards you look small. When you realize just how much you contributed to the, to the death of Jesus, you'll begin to put to death everybody's issues towards you. So to read, the Bible says, if you can't forgive your brother, then you can't expect me to forgive you. That's a principle. So you got to be able, you got to accept God in the acceptance of God's forgiveness towards you. You over time will forgive. Now, just the, the fact that you have hatred or unforgiveness in your heart doesn't mean you're not a son or daughter of God. It doesn't mean it, it just means you in process of forgiving. I, there was plenty of times where I hated people long periods of time, or I was unforgiving towards people long period of time. But because I, because of his faithfulness towards me, that kept me faithful in the sanctification process through my cooperation, all of a sudden my love for them increased. You see what I'm saying? And so he'll deliver you when you accept his deliverance of you. He'll you will eventually forgive when you begin to realize how much he has forgiven you. See, the Bible talks about there was two types of servants. One person went who owed a bunch of billions. The Bible says, or the currency in that day, the, the hyperbole was in the billions. This person owed this master, his master billions upon billions of dollars of debt. But because he pleaded with the master, the master forgave him. But that same person that pleaded the master forgiveness debt ran to a guy who owed him money and he 
began to beat the man and put the man in prison until he was paid a debt. And then when his master heard what he did, he put him back in, 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 in a punishment. Right. So what he was trying to say was how like like you can't we, we got to be able to say, OK, God, you forgive me of so much. I cannot go then and have the wrong perspective and not forgive my brother. But because I really appreciate it, some of us, we beg, but don't appreciate. We beg for deliverance, but we don't appreciate the deliverance. But when you appreciate it, it's then easy to deliver or to forgive somebody else. And be honest with your hatred. Why am I mad at this person? Is it because I idolized them? Is it because I gave them too much equity in my life? Is it because I really hate myself? Answer those questions and then let the Holy Spirit open the doors to help you become free in, in that unforgiveness. Keep going. <clears throat> How to age your mess or to ensure your mess is matured? You have to engage with your purpose every day. I engage in these videos, right? I engage in, 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 in my purpose as a husband. I engage as my purpose as a servant of God. I engage into my purpose. That And over time, you look up and be like, man, I ain't messed up in a while. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Next point, how to age your mess or to ensure your message it stays mature. You got to erase the effects of your past. And that boils down to changing your perspective. The number one, one of the top things the enemy uses against us is memories. He says, you know what? One thing you can never forget is what you remember. The devil wants you to remember a certain way. God wants you to change the way you remember. He wants you to look at your past and, and use it as a reference point at a place of residence. So many people, the reason why you can't even be successful today, you see what I'm saying? The reason why you can't even make it through today is because you live in your past. You live in that rape. You are a resident of that rape. You are a resident of that uh, molestation. You are a resident of that porn addiction. You are a resident of that abandonment. You are a resident. You live at 409 Porn Street. You live at 36. 47 Abandonment Avenue. You live in 4643 uh, 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 um, uh, I Need a Boo Boulevard. You see what I'm saying? You got to say, you know, I don't live there no more. So when people try to tell you where you used to live, you'd be like, I don't even live at 4309 uh, Slut Lane. You see what I'm saying? I'm a new person. You use it as a reference point on how good, how good God has been to use it as a reference point to be in your stories that helps reach other people. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> Let's keep going. And how to age your mess and to ensure your message stays mature. You have to clean your eye. You have to clean your perspective. You have to clean the way you think about things so that you can see things differently. Now, let's keep going. 10 things to do. We finally got here. It took me an hour and 21 minutes to get to what the title brought you here to. What 10 things to do when you messed up. You're so welcome. God bless you all. Right. <clears throat> uh, what to do? Ten things to do when you've messed up. Here are ten things you need to do when you've messed up. Number one, M M E S S E D M. Run to the master immediately when you mess up. <clears throat> this is for people. Your mess has been aged. It's been long ago, or it may be a new mess. You've mastered this mess. This message, this mess has aged, but you're in a new mess, right? So when you fall into sin, <clears throat> when you fall into an issue, when you do something that you know you shouldn't, what you should do, as soon as you've messed up, you have to run to the master and run to his manuscript. That's what you do. 
Run to the master. I have sinned, God. I confess my sins to you. Help me with this. Change my mind about this, God, so I cannot, so I won't make this mess again. I'm running to you. Most people, when they make a mess, they run away from God. It's because of how they view their earthly father is how they view their eternal father. Your eternal father ain't got nothing to do with your earthly father. He is 10 billion times greater than any earthly father would ever be. So instead of running away from him, he has open arms. Say, come talk to me, yo, come talk to me. That's what type of dad I plan to be. When my kids mess up, I'm going to create a culture and an atmosphere where they feel that even when I mess up, I can come to my dad because I knew that my father in heaven welcomes me when I messed up because I'm his son. So when you his son or you his daughter, you mess up, you run to him immediately. Yo, God, I messed up. I know you're not a God that condemns. I know that you love me. God, I'm tired of doing this. Help me, father. You see what I'm saying? So what you do is you say, hey, I'm not going to run away from the master or his word. I'm going to run to it. No, no, no. Because my my life, my message is mission based and I may have messed up. Now I know I'm running to the master. Master, help me. I'm at your feet, bro. I, 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 because I know what this mess can do in my life. I know what it, I know how I can ruin my marriage. I know how I can ruin my ministry. I'm here now. Master, help me master this. Help me overcome this. And he's going to say, look in my word. I'm going to go to his manuscript. I'm going to read through his word to see what I need to make the adjustment in. I, maybe I didn't hide this scripture in my heart because I messed up. Now I'm going to make sure I engraft this word in my life to ensure I don't mess up going forward. That's what the psalmist said. I hide your word in my heart that I might not. See, we got to be prepared for the for what may come. And you do that by making sure it's hidden in your heart. Right. So what we understand is the first thing we got to do M, is run to the master in his manuscript. Next M, You got to remind yourself of the mission. Mm -mm, I messed up, but I'm on a mission. I slipped up, but I'm on a mission. I might have messed up. I ran to my master, I ran to the manuscript. And when I find myself in a messed up situation or I've messed up and I and I feel <clears throat> condemning, creeping at my door, condemnation creeping at my door, shame surrounding me. But no, 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 no. I'm on a mission. So I'm going to dust this off. All right, cool. Because we're still in war. I'm not going to sit there and be like, I've been hit. Have you? Uh, it, did your arm blow off, sir? Did you? Did your kneecap blow off? That thing barely grazed you. You better. We over here. Oh man, a bullet grazed me. A bullet. No man, patch that wound up. Dust yourself off and keep going after the mission. Don't allow your mess to make you miss your mission. You better say, you know what? I might have messed up. Oh, that was cute. Y'all got me today. But what I'm about to do, I'm gonna run to my master's manuscript and I'm gonna remind myself of the mission. Let's keep going. What to do when you've messed up? Number three in the E. E, educate yourself from that mess. Okay. Educate myself. Okay. Okay. All right. What can I learn from this? Life is about wins and lessons, not wins and losses. I don't, I don't lose. I learn. You don't lose as a child of God. You learn. So you're either winning or you're learning. The only time you lose is when you didn't learn from the last one and you knew what to do was right and you still doing wrong. That's when you're losing. You see what I'm saying? You you go on, you fall into your mess again. You lose it. But if you say, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a person of wins and lessons, so what I do, oh, I won today. Okay, I learned today too. So what I got to do as a man of God, as a woman of God for you, you got to say, I gotta, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to learn from this situation. What did I do? How did this creep in? Whatever, whatever, blase, blase. What can I learn from this? And I educate myself so I can keep enduring going forward. Number four, what to do when you've messed up and you find yourself in a mess? You got to re-examine your entrances. 
Number four, you got to observe, re-examine your interests. All right, <clears throat> I'm going to check the front door. I'm going to check the windows. I'm going to check the back door. You see what I'm saying? How did this person get in here? How did this issue get in here? I'm going to go back to his conception. I'm going to check the cameras. I'm going to check the cameras. Okay. Oh, last Tuesday. That's right. I had that door wide open last Tuesday. Oh, last Friday. Yeah, I left that back window open. That's how it got in. Oh, last Sunday evening. Yeah, I was around her a little bit too long. Yeah. Oh, Monday. Yeah, I was over here all in his face. You know, that lady was like, I was all in his face. Okay, that's how that thought, that negative thought, that vain imagination crept in. I entertained it and it became fruit in my heart and it manifest through my life. Okay, now you begin to learn how to cast down vain imagination. Now you begin to understand how, how demons try to enter your life. Now you begin to close your entrances and you keep the angels at the doorposts of your life. You know how to plead the blood. You know how to do different things to ensure your entrances are covered. Everywhere I go, I said it in yesterday's video, I know my entrances. I know as soon as I walk into a restaurant, I know the exits. I know the entrance just in case I, we need to get out. So what I do is I am fully in observation of all of my entrances and all of my exits, exits, right? So that now I'm not exits, <laughs> exits. <laughs> I ain't, ain't worried about them. Exits. Because I know for a fact, okay, 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 okay. Cool, cool. We're girded, we're guarded, we good. We gird it, we guard it, we good. We gird it, we guard it, we good. We gird it, we guard it, and we're good. All right. <clears throat> what to do when you messed up? S, the first S, point number five, strengthen yourself in his strength. When you get wounded, okay. Oh, wow. I thought I was strong enough. Nope. No, I'm going to strengthen myself in him, right? I'm going to strengthen myself in him. The Bible says his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Weakness doesn't mean you're not able to lift the thing. You're just aware that you're incapable of lifting it effectively on your own. So what that means is I am not a strong man because of who I am. My strength should not be in my money. My strength should not be in my accolades. My strength should not be in my accomplishments. My strength should not be in who I know or what I know. My strength should be solely in me being sourced by God. That's where you become strong. Because when you, the Bible says, when you stand, take heed lest you fall. Listen, I don't, I don't stand. I'm always on my knees. That's right. Strength comes from serving God. I'm always on my knees. I'm never standing. <laughs> I'm never standing. I'm always on my knees. I'm humble. I'm right here. I'm at his feet. I ain't standing on my own. When God wants me to stand, he'll strengthen me and I'm back on my knees. When he wants me to stand up and preach, I stand up and preach and I'm back on my knees. I'm back humble. I'm back low again. I'm back where, 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 where I'm navigating the way I need to navigate. So I strengthen myself in his strength. Father God, strengthen me. Strengthen my wounds. Strengthen me so that I can be able to, to do what I need to do for my wife, so I can do, be able to do what I do for this ministry, strengthen me. But I know that that is that his strength is in, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Like I said, within joy, I got to enter his joy because I know that his joy, me being grateful for who he is, me being joyful about who he is, being able to count things, count it all joy, being able to be in a different realm of understanding, thinking on things that are above, thinking about things that are heavenly. That's what keeps me strong. But when you get caught up in what you think makes life dope, you'll become dope yourself. You'll become your drug to yourself or a drug to someone else. What to do when you've messed up? Run to your run to the master in the main and his manuscript. Remind yourself of the mission. Educate yourself from the mess. 
re-examine your interests, strengthen yourself in his strength. The next S, straighten out your words and your thoughts. In order to, to overcome a mess up, to, 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 be, to be successful, you got to straighten out your thoughts and words. No, we don't think this way. No, we don't talk this way. No, I'm not going to think like a messed up person. I'm not going to think uh, too much about this mess. I'm not going to dwell on it alone. No, no, I ain't going to think about this. I'm going to straighten out the way I think by getting into God's straight word. I'm going to straighten out the way I think because what I think is what I say and what I say is what I have. So I got to straighten out my words too. I'm not going to say I suck. I'm not going to say God don't love me. I'm not going to say that life is you. Listen, all those who are dealing with suicidal thoughts, you listen to me. Your reason for living will always be greater than your reason for dying. Do not allow a seasonal experience cause you to make an eternal decision. Don't allow a temporary situation that you ain't even give God a chance to help you overcome because you thinking improperly, you thinking insecurely, you thinking depressive thoughts. The devil wants you to dwell on your mess so that you will never deliver your message. Do you know how many times, two times I almost committed suicide in my life that I didn't, I didn't commit it, but I thought about it and was real close to doing it. But I said, God said, boy, what you thinking about doing? Because if I would have killed myself in 20, at 23 years old, what have I accomplished since 23 years old? Five books, 1,400 videos, two card games, two courses, a marriage, but about to have kids. All that would have been wiped away. No, 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 no. Your reason for living is greater than your reason for dying. I don't care what you're going through. What you're going through is not greater than what God or how God can get you through. You hear me? Your reason for living is greater than your reason for dying. So get a grip on your life and get over it. Get over it through God's help, man. Stop dwelling on that stuff. It's pointless. You got to straighten out your thoughts and words. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am a son of God. I am more than a conqueror. I am blessed going out, blessed going in, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. It don't matter if a thousand fall on my left and 10,000 on my right hand won't come near me. I don't care what bombs drop over here in this country or bombs ever drop. I know for a fact a thousand may be dead on my left, 10,000 may be dead on my right, but I'm still here. I do not care if there is a famine in the land. I will say, God, you know what you did for Elijah? God, I'm I'm not going to worry about nothing because he owns a count of thousands and he owns the ravens and the ravens will feed me and sustain me. When you know the word, you'll speak the word and you will live the fruit of that word. My hand, everything my hand touch will prosper. My gift will make room for me. You got to straighten out, right? You got to, what? I'm glad you're speaking on suicide. Yes, say, yes, we, we all got a reason to live. Don't, that's right. Don't make major decisions on those times. Don't do it. Get help, get counseling, get therapy, get over it, grab all your life and change that messed up situation into a message. But you got to straighten out your thoughts and words. I ain't going to think this way. I ain't going to talk this way. Stephanie, hit me up on my website. I think a demon is taking position. Listen, hey, listen, you better get that demon out of you. You see what I'm saying? And I know it's easy said and done. I got a book called World War Me that will help you. It's on Amazon. Get that book. But email me. Let me know what's going on. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com, and say, I'm Stephanie from YouTube. Send me. I'm going to send you some... um spiritual warfare prayers. And if you want spiritual warfare prayers, right? And I'm a, I can I can package it where I can send you the uh the videos that I've done on spiritual warfare. Do do, do the same thing. Go to iamunplugged.com and message me through there. Mess cuz if you email me, if I give you my email address, I got a bunch of emails coming in, but if you go through my website, iamunplugged.com. Let me write I'm going to write it here for you. 
in caps. I am unplugged.com. Yeah. I'm going to pray for you right now, Stephanie. The authority of Jesus Christ has been given to me. I come against every demonic spirit. Stephanie, turn your volume up loud. I come against every demonic spirit that's coming against Stephanie right now through the authority that's been coming to me and that's through me in Christ Jesus. I rebuke your stronghold. I release your tie on it. She will receive revelation for her full deliverance. And because of who I stand for in God, you have no right in her life. Loose her now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being her support system surrounding her with a peace right now the holy spirit is giving you peace he's giving you peace right now he's going to help you to fulfill the full duration of that deliverance now this is the word of the lord now you got to make sure you gird yourself up you got to look around your house and get rid of every demonic thing anything the holy spirit shows you i don't care if it's a couch i don't care if it's a painting i don't care if it's a man i don't care if it's a woman i don't care especially if it's cds get stuff off your phone if you got to remove everything that may give those demons legal right into your life Help pray for me because the sexual demon will attack me. And listen, the reason why these demons attacking you tonight is because is because either what you watch, what you listen to, what you engage in subconsciously throughout your day that tries to come through consciously through your dreams. So right now, through the authority that's given to me, I come against every sexual demon, demon that's attacking this young lady or man at night. Loose them now in Jesus' name, like I told the other sister. You got to begin to remove all the things that gives demons legal right to attack you. Legal right. Legal right. Look what look what Adam and Eve gave Satan legal right to. He gave them legal. She, she, they gave him legal right to what they were supposed to have dominion over. Right. So what you have to understand the same. When Satan fell down from heaven, hit earth. Right. He saw Adam and Eve. Now, Adam and Eve was being made, right? Whatever, whatever. He had no power. He got power through suggestion. Hear me closely. He said, Eve, did God really say? Eve was like, yeah, God said. He was like, is God keeping something from you? So what he did was he didn't care nothing about Eve or Adam. He cared about dominion. He cared about what Adam and Eve had dominion right over. So what he did was through words, he made them release what they had dominion over. Jesus came back down, <clears throat> came through the womb of a woman, came in a fully man, fully God, came and paid the debt, right? Paid the debt. And in the payment of that debt through the death, burial and his resurrection. And when he put the blood on the mercy seat of God and seated himself behind beside God, he we he then took the keys from death, hell and the grave. He took those keys. Give me them keys, devil. Snatched them keys off his desk. Stayed down there and preached and preached hell, preached hell cold. Right. Came back up resurrected right now we have the power we have authority but you know what the devil keeps doing hey hey did god really say you're healed did god really say you're delivered and when you entertain suggestion he takes the power again because you gave him legal right now you got to go to the conception of that legal documentation and you got to renounce everything that you engage in. you got to renounce that uh that uh dealings with the occult you got to renounce 
those dealings with those lustful deeds. You got to repent and renounce. Let it go. Renouncing means I'm letting go of this and saying you no longer have legal right in my life anymore. And then when you have been broken free, now you got to seal your home, seal your body. Because uh, the Bible talks about that when a demon has been cast out, it goes away for many days and it comes back to the house which it left and it sees it is swept clean, but it's filled with nothing. Then he says, oh, oh, she's clean, but she's not filled. W many of us have been set free, but we're not building ourselves up. We don't got no couches in the living room. We don't got nothing. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't got nothing for the Holy Spirit to dwell in. So what he does is that, yo, boys, he brings seven times more demons greater than him. To, and the Bible says that the end of that person is worse than when they was even delivered the first time. So there's a lot of different things you have to do, but know that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all those areas and just type in spiritual warfare, Joshua Eze, demons, Joshua Eze, whatever, and um, email me, message me today. And I'll, you know what? I'll send you the free manuscript. The e I'll send you the um, a PDF copy of my book, World War Me. For those who's watching this video, I'll give it to you for free. I'll give you the PDF. My book is World War Me, How to Win the War Within. It has scriptures in the back for you to memorize. Email me now. You get the book free. And you also get the spiritual warfare prayers. That book is powerful. It tells you about how to put on the whole armor of God. It teaches you all that. I don't care if a thousand people email me. You get that book for free. It won't be in a hand copy. It'll be an ebook copy. But I'll send it to you in a PDF. And, and, um, the warfare prayers. All right. Hope that helped. All right. Let's keep going. Whoo. If that video was nothing but for that moment, it was worth it all. What to do when you've messed up? Run to the master in his manuscript. Remind yourself of the mission. Educate yourself. Reexamine your interests. Strengthen yourself in his strength. Number six, straighten out your words and your thoughts. Right. Um. Let's let's go ahead and clean house real quick. Let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and clean house. I'm gonna go ahead and clean house. The devil's gonna come. The devil's gonna come when you start praying for people. There we go. Just go to my website, Rose Rosali. I am unplugged.com. I'll write it again. I am unplugged.com. Every one of y'all get the book free. We can get the book free in PDF version. I'll make sure I send you the um, spiritual warfare prayers as well. All right. Uh, number six, straighten out your words and your thoughts. Next point, E, keep executing on the mission. Hey, not only do I remind myself on the mission, I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to keep executing on the mission. That's what you need to do. When you mess up, all right, I'm me and God good. I made a mistake. God knows. God knows I love him. I'm going to keep executing the mission. People think that, oh, well, God can't use me now because I messed up. No, no, there have been times where I made a mistake, but I fixed the mistake, did a video. Video was still as powerful as if I didn't make a mistake. You see what I'm saying? It's that simple. Like, like God ain't going to sit there and be like, you in timeout. I'm not using you. I'm going to punish you. No, 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 no. <clears throat> I have rightful. I have a rightful place as a son to say, God, I was wrong. And I'm not going to say, well, I guess I can't write in my book. I guess I can't write in my book for two months because I'm not holy enough. No, I confess my sin. God saw, God, God caught it. God knew. God was like, what's up? Well, let's keep moving. And God was like, because you acknowledged me when you was weak, even when you messed up, you acknowledge me still. Bam, let's go. 
You keep executing. Don't wait two weeks to read your Bible. Don't wait three weeks to do because you don't feel worthy. You're worthy because you because of his worth. You're valuable because he made you valuable to him. So don't stop because, because of, of, of what you did. Keep executing the mission. Now, if you in some stuff that some, some preaching you stop preaching. Now, if you now if you over here still sleeping around, you still making mistakes, you need to sit down for some time. You know what I'm saying? Don't preach God and you got habitual, you still practicing sin. Don't preach God if you're still practicing. If you have a hard time, stop practicing. You sit yourself down. Don't preach another word until you are free. Now, if you made a mistake and you got over and you good, we're talking about practicing. You still sleeping around with women. You still out here doing your thing. You still out here doing it. You trying to preach the word of God. You may be talented, but you won't be anointed. We're not talking about executing the mission and you still executing sin. No, we're talking about you executed sin. You killed it. You executed it. And now that you get executed, so you executed the sin. I killed that. That's dead. That you dead. That's done. Now you go back to your mission. Hope that made sense. Now, what to do when you've messed up? D, alter or incorporate new disciplines. Alter or incorporate new disciplines. You messed up. Okay. I got to alter these disciplines. Okay. I got to alter or incorporate new. Okay. That area needs another, some more disciplines to ensure I stay on track. Okay. This kind of worked, but I got to add on to these disciplines. I got to, I got to add on to these support systems to ensure that I don't fall into this mess again. Next D, what to do when you messed up. You don't dwell on it too long. Don't dwell on it too long. The longer you think about it, the more time you waste. Don't think about it long. As soon as you mess up, God, I need your help. I messed up. I'm, I'm going into I'm going into all these different points. I'm, I'm running to the master of this man. I'm going to his word. I'm consulting his word. I'm, I'm reminding myself of the mission. You're doing these different things. You, it's better for you to utilize your time doing this than wasting your time dwelling on it. Man, I can't believe I messed up. God, I'm so... You done told God you're sorry a hundred thousand times. He heard you, man. Like, get over it, get above it, and get going. You see what I'm saying? Don't dwell on it too long. Condemnation begins to wrap around you, surround you when you mentally dwell on what you did. Forgive yourself because God is forgive. Forgive yourself. Let it go. I made a mistake. Okay, cool. I'm going to keep it moving though. All right. What to do when you messed up? Last but not least, finish the day strong. When you mess up at 11 o'clock, don't waste the day. Finish that day strong. You messed up by 9.30 this morning. All right, cool. I messed up at 9.30, but I'm not going to ruin my day because of what I did at 9.30. I'm going to make adjustments. If you messed up at 2 p.m., I'm not going to allow the day to be ruined because of what I did at 2 p.m. I don't care if it's 11.59. I'm going to finish this last minute strong. Yeah, I'm going to... Nope, this day was a good day because I finished this last minute strong. That's what you got to do. 10 things to do when you messed up. Number one, run to the master's manuscript. Remind yourself of the mission. Educate yourself. Re-examine your interests, strengthen yourself in his strength, straighten out your words and your thoughts, keep executing on the mission, alter and incorporate new disciplines, don't dwell on it too long, and last but not least, finish the day strong. My final thoughts, you know you know, your mess has aged when you rarely or don't make the same mess again. You know that you're grown when you rarely do it and never do it again, but be very careful. When you stand, take your lest you fall because there's a mess creeping at your door. You don't, you don't, uh, the devil's message is for you to make a mess. God's message is to turn your mess to a message. I pray this message was a blessing to you. Went long, but I pray these points was a blessing to you all. Lamentations 3, 20 to 23, Psalms 23, 6, Romans 8, 28 are very powerful scriptures. If you need, oh, activity, go to my website right now. I am unplugged.com. 
Um, there's a um, worksheet for you. I have these questions. It's a free worksheet you download. It's going to help you process when you make a mess. I want you to write down here. Are the, here are the six questions. What messes have you made recently? Uh, 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 rarely or whatever. Just write down what mess you've made. Right. There's going to be a spot for you to say recent, rarely, uh, or routinely. A rare mess is, I don't think I ever did this before, but I didn't want to know where it came from. It's a rare mess. A routine mess is a mess that you've done, a, you do it routinely. And a recent mess is, it's, it's become recent over the period of time. So what you do is, you write down what messes you may have caused in your life, and right beside the mess, you write down recent, routinely, or rare, and then you write down beside it what caused it, Right. The next box is what messages could come from this mess. Then you begin to write down in each mess. Okay, what message could God make this into from this mess? Next question: How could the how could you age this mess? All these different points that I give you. Write down what can I do to make sure this mess age ages. Right. Next point: Who needs this message? I want you to write down the people who could benefit from your message becoming mature. Next point, I want you to write down how could you deliver this message, whether on YouTube or through podcast or through book or through song or through one-on-one. Begin to write down how you could deliver this message. Last but not least, how will you maneuver messy situations going forward? That's what you do. Now going forward, when I find mess situations coming around, I'm going to maneuver around them different. Thank you guys so much <clears throat> for, the, for, for, for listening. For those who's watching me live, thank you so much for watching me live. Hey, anything you want to know about me, books, card games, resources, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. You can get your books there. I got six books that I've written, two card games, two free courses, a course on insecurity, a course on how to overcome procrastination. Um, email me through there so you can get that uh, World War Me book for free, PDF version, and to get those spiritual warfare prayers. Also. Um, if you want to give and support what I do, especially my wife and I's mentoring program, you can go to weprepel.education to learn more about our mentoring program. We will love your support. If you just want to give because the message was a blessing, that's cool too. Um, what else am I missing? Um, books, card games, giving. If you want me to come out to your city, you can book. I, I would love to come out. If you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, if you need my help to help, you can actually contact me one-on-one. -on -one. There's a fee though. But it's based upon your budget. It's whatever you think you can give per session, whatever you feel comfortable in giving. I will customize a coaching session for you. And you can ask anyone who's watching me now that's been on the phone with me. I will be on the phone with you and you will get a worksheet from me that will help you go forward. I will help you unpack these different things. It does cost, but it's whatever your budget is, we'll make it work. Okay. Do your best and I'll do my best with your best. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's it. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. See you guys soon, and y'all be blessed. These are your daily plays with Coach Josh. Peace.